Some schools are closing, others are opening for in-person instruction, and Zillow is allowing self-tours of properties. We'll break it all down on Tool Time right now. I'm Tom Poole. She's Jess Lyon. We are back on Tool Time. Nick is on the beach somewhere, so we're doing it old school with Zoom. We're still close, just not in the same room. So got some interesting stuff to talk about today. In the Philadelphia region, a lot of controversy about schools. So what we know right now, and this isn't all of them, this is just locally here, Downingtown School District and Norristown School District are going all virtual. Downingtown is until November 5th. Norristown is until, I think, the first of the year. And then the Archdiocese of Philadelphia, they're going back in person. So we got a wide range of things that are happening. Jess, what do you think about all this? I can understand why there are so many different avenues that are being taken here because these are your children. These are the things that you care most about in the world. Like you want to make sure you're making the right decision for your families, these teachers, the districts, they, I mean, that's a lot on their plate to decide, are we doing in person? Are we doing a hybrid? Are we just completely going virtual? Um, it's a really big decision. And I was talking to my brother-in-law who um, is actually in uh, Marple Newtown School District. He's a, a vice principal. Uh, okay. at you got any inside details here? I'm very, very curious. Well, I was just discussing with him and he said the biggest thing, the biggest concern that they discuss is like, yes, you know, people are going to be able to come in and they're going to be do it, able to do it in a healthy way. But that one rogue chance that one person goes home and something, you know, transfers or they give coronavirus to their grandparents or something like that, you can't control those kinds of things. So that's the kind of things that he's telling me that these districts are thinking about, which is really important to do. Um, so it's, it's really interesting to me that I'm seeing like some public schools that are like, absolutely not, it's virtual or they're doing a hybrid. And then um, from the article I was reading about that we were talking about with the Catholic schools, um, it's saying that they're gonna be, I think it said K to eighth grade. Mm -hmm is in person five days a week. And then high schools, it's like a hybrid model, um, which I would wanna kind of know, like why is it K through eight? Maybe it's because they're smaller classes that would be five days a week. Um, I just really, as long as you're safe, you can't force someone to, to do something they're not comfortable with. But at the same time, if you're, you want your child in school, you should be able to do that as well. Yeah, so you bring up a lot of good points there, and there's not like an answer of what's right here. That doesn't exist. Um, what, what I know is that everyone's situation is different, right? So you got some families, they have two working parents, and, they're, and let's say you're in Downingtown School District. What are you guys supposed to do? I mean, that's a challenge right now, and so that's, that's number one, um, and I think that, that's the biggest concern I see for a lot of families. Um, you know, when, when it comes to the, the, the Catholic school decision you mentioned there of the younger kids going... And then the high school kids, they're, they're more of a hybrid model. I'm clear one of the reasons for that, at least from talking to some teachers I know in different public schools, is that you don't switch classrooms when you're in elementary and middle school as much as like high school, you're going from like right. Spanish class to math to, you know, chemistry or whatever. So that's probably a component for sure. Yeah. Um, what, what I know is that, you know, I mean, my kids go to school, right? So we have no idea what's happening. There's been talk of a hybrid model. There's been talk of 
you know, they're going back. There's been talk of they're offering like a cyber academy partnering with the Montgomery County Intermediate Unit. There's all these options on the table. And, you know, not every school can make the same decision. I mean, you look at the facilities of some of these school districts, not every school, they have these big brand new classrooms. Some of them are in older buildings. They're smaller. So social distancing may not even be an option. And what you brought up at the end, I thought this was the most relevant thing. And I'm going to tie this into a big news story this week that enough people aren't talking about is what happens if someone gets exposed or they're asymptomatic and they're a carrier. Look at what happened with the Miami Marlins when they came to Philadelphia. So they have not played baseball since then. And the reason for it is they had all the, they had 17 players test positive for COVID. And you know why they did it? They went out for a night out in Atlanta, right? So none of this is talked about. They don't get the information. And that's like the, the problem is when you're dealing with the public or you're dealing with people in general, people make choices and they're not always the right choice. And in that case, I mean, you look at what happened there. I mean, that really screwed up the baseball season and yeah, it's baseball, whatever, but people got sick, they got infected and it's no different. I mean, these people are going to make decisions, whether it's the parents, whether it's the kids, whether it's somebody else. So what, what my view of this is, is that one, you got to look at the facility of the schools and see like what the capability is or not. Historically, Catholic schools typically have a smaller enrollments than public schools. I mean, especially now I went to Catholic school. I mean, my, my, my classes were super small compared to some of the public schools. So that's, that's yeah. certainly a consideration I would imagine. Um, two, after you look at the facilities, who's going to enroll and who's going to opt out? Because there's, I, I can tell you, I'm like, I, I never even, I go on these websites or these Facebook groups and it's like the elementary school where my kids go. And I mean, it's, it's bananas in there. Like it's crazy. And there's some people saying there's no way I'm sending my kids to cyber. And that's cool. That's great. That's their choice. That's what they feel comfortable with. You've got to figure out what the numbers are and logistically what that's going to look like in the classrooms. Where are they going to eat lunch? Like all these things you got to figure out. So to me, it's going to be up to the school districts to come up with the right plan. And, you know, I mean, right now you look at the the tri-county area outside Philadelphia, Delaware County has got a lot of infections. Chester County apparently has a lot going up. Montgomery County hasn't been as bad. So there's so many factors here. You can't just make a decision across the board. And so, I mean, to me, it's going to have to be up to the the school districts themselves and factor in all these things. Plus like the budgets, like, do they have enough money for all this stuff? Because I mean, there's like masks and extra cleaning supplies and, like who's going to teach the cyber school? They have to, they have to farm that out. Are they using their own teachers? Like just all these sort of logistical questions and do the students school districts have a good budget, but go ahead. No, I was going to say, and do the school district, the families that are in some of these school districts have the equipment to go virtual. I mean, that's something that the districts are going to have to think about too. It's so many transportation. Like, I mean, some kids take the bus, right. And like, I know, they're talking about at our kids' school, like it's, you got to drop the kids off, which is fine. I mean, look, I'm deferring them. They're the experts, but some parents, like you got high school kids, sometimes the kids are going to the bus stop by themselves when their parents leave for work. Yeah, for sure. I agree with what you said. It's different across the board. And I think at the end of the day, it's going to be the decision, you know, their districts are going to come out with what they come out with. Um, but it's going to be the decision of the family of the parents, what you want to do with your kids and what you have available to you. For sure. I mean, you know, this is going to be tough. And I really feel for the parents that that are working right now and they're 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 dual employed. I mean, that's going to be the toughest for everybody. I mean, I got a, I got a couple friends like that now and their kids are younger. But I mean, you got kids in like elementary school. They need the instruction. And some of the school districts, they just mailed it in after the pandemic happened. You'll hear that from the parents. The instruction was very different from district to district where some of them didn't have a lot of work. Some of them had too much work. I mean, you know, so it just really depends. And, you know, it's going to really test a lot of these educators. So 
you know, I, I feel for all these people. My yeah. hope is that at some point we can, I mean, you know, the, the only issue I have is, I mean, Downingtown saying they're going back November 5th, the day after the election. I mean, what's that all about? You couldn't even wait till like the end of the year. I mean, that just reeks of some sort of other part of the decision that, that that's made here. And I mean, I'm just stating the obvious. So we'll, we'll see if that's the truth or not. I don't know. All right. All right. This is an interesting story. This is something that I have talked about with other people in real estate and it's actually happening. So no surprise, Zillow is at the, 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 is the topic of the story here. Zillow will be allowing self tours on their company owned homes. So what that means is that uh, Zillow buys homes. We've talked about Zillow offers and they secure properties. They look for something in their buy box. They buy it in certain markets and they are expanding its self touring pilot to all the homes they own this summer as the company starts to aim towards creating non-in-person interactions. So this is interesting. Um, what do you think about all this, Jess? There are so many interesting bits of information in this article. Um, one of them being that they, um, the company found that the self-tour homes sold six days faster than homes without the feature. I find that to be very interesting. Um, I also found it interesting that they said all of these homes would have like um, cameras in them, like um, monitoring movement. So who like provides that? Is Zillow providing that? Is the owner responsible for having that installed? Like there's just all these unanswered questions. Um, right now, do I think a self-guided tour is the worst thing? If the, the seller's okay with it, then maybe that's fine. I mean, they're selling six days faster apparently. Um, but I don't think that the consumer the client, the buyer would be getting the full experience that way because there's so many more things that an agent can tell you than just going, that you won't know, going in on your own, you know? I, I agree. I, I, I'm clear there is a place for the agent in all of this. And, right. you know, what, what I see happening is part of the reason it probably sells six days faster is people are getting in quicker. I mean, that, that's definitely got to be a component here, right? Um, and this is not the first time we've heard this. Redfin announced that they were going to, um, allow people to do that earlier in the year and they had to fill out like a 70 plus question survey when they wrote the offer. Um, Open Doors updated their self-guided tour technology recently. Um, so this is something that I'm, I'm not surprised is, uh, is, is coming down. I mean, obviously there's some safety concerns here. Like you got to worry about squatters, right? I mean, that, that's a legitimate right. thing you got to be concerned about. I've had squatters. I've, I've, had, I've had people squat in some of my listings before. I mean, it happens. I mean, it's, they find vacant listings, they go into them. It's, it's, it's a whole issue. Um, so what, what I see here is this. Uh, right now, and this is actually going to lead into our quote, if you are not pivoting and embracing technology, whatever real estate space you're in, whether you're the agent, you're the team, you're a mortgage broker, you're tight. If you're not doing that, there's companies like this that are innovating all the time. And we're just getting into the technological innovation in real estate. Like we're at like 1.0 and it's going to 2.0 real quick. I've heard that from Richard Barton himself, the CEO of Zillow. And it's the second time he's the CEO. So I've heard him say that in person when you could do that stuff last May. Like that's, that's where he's coming from. Two is that the customer wants more automation. They want the process to be easier. And one of the biggest complaints consumers have is that their agent can't get them into the property fast enough. And yeah. I mean, we, that's one of our, like part of our mission and our core values is to make real estate less stressful. And one of the reasons we have a team is let's say you're on vacation. Let's mm -hmm. say you're sick. Let's say you have another appointment. Any of these things are allowed to happen to you. You're a person, right? Jess, mm -hmm. but like 
people don't see it that way. They don't really care in a lot of cases. We have other people on standby or available to make it work. That's yeah. one of the things we do differently because consumers don't care if you're sick. They don't they care if you're away. They just want to get into the house. So part of this is the result of negligence by real estate agents that, oh, you got to work around my schedule, whatever. That's it. That's not how it is today. You either got to embrace it or you got to move ahead. So that's the second reason we're here. And if anyone's going to innovate, I mean, Zillow is looking to take over the real estate world, right? They are the Google of real estate. So I am not surprised they are doing this and they're piloting it where they're the seller so they can prove case studies here that, hey, this works versus like, let's say I'm selling my home and testing on me. I wouldn't be too happy about that. A lot of right. sellers wouldn't be too happy about that. They're self-operating here. So it's a great strategy to test this. Yeah. I think this uh, article, if it talks a lot about like, um, Zillow developing cutting edge tools and things like that. And reading through it, it's like, in addition to this self-guided tour, there's digital floor plans, 3D tours, video tours. And I'm like thinking, I'm like, oh, but we do all that stuff. So it made me feel good about our team. I'm like, oh, we're, we're cutting edge as well. Well, look, you gotta be cutting edge right now, right? I mean, and if you're not on the edge of technology, someone else is gonna be you. And I say that all the time. So, I mean, to me, this is no surprise. This is what consumers want. Right. And the, the issue that you're going to have to do this at scale is what the seller is going to be comfortable with, mm -hmm. because if it's an individual seller, they're not going to be cool with that. So, you know, we have, I mean, it says right in a lot of real estate contracts and it's a code of ethics violation. If you just give your client the lockbox code right now, which some agents do. So that's where the rub's going to be to do this at scale. This is going to be the start. And I, there's going to be ways to get like a tech package installed. And someone comes in, they put the cameras all over the place. There's a drone that flies around and follows you through the house. I am clear this will be happening much sooner than you think. <laughs> it's cool, but it's crazy. It's like we're living in the future. Well, future you know, Back to the Future was like two years ago when they went to the future. If you ever saw that movie, Back to the Future 2, oh, yeah, what was yeah. the date here? I got to look this up now because it's driving me nuts. But that was supposed to be right now. It was supposed to be right now. So, I mean, this is everyone kind of talks about that. I mean, we don't have hoverboards or anything. but. Um, What's the date here? I don't, I'll have to find it later. It already happened is my point. Mm -hmm. And the Cubs actually won the World Series that year too, which was kind of wild. So if you don't know yeah. what I'm talking about, go watch Back to the Future too. Never seen it. Okay. Well, I think you, I mean, it was in 1989. So I don't even know, were you even born yet then? I mean, that's the big, yeah. So that's why you haven't seen it. So showing my age here, I was seven. All right. All right. Well, and this is something, Jess, you're probably sick of hearing me talk about this right now, but I have been on this kick lately of, scalable, repeatable models with predictable results. And one of the biggest ones out there is McDonald's. Whatever you want to say about the quality of food, like I don't eat McDonald's. I mean, I'm just putting it out there. They have a business model that is one of the most successful of all time. So this comes from Ray Kroc, who was the one who really expanded McDonald's and did all that. If you don't know him, Google him. You hear me say that all the time. Here's the quote. Take calculated risks, act boldly and thoughtfully, be an agile company, Nice segue. What do you think, Jess? I do eat McDonald's. Not a lot, but I do. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, what I love about this is to make any sort of exponential growth or I don't growth at all, you are going to need to make risks. You're going to make changes. But what I think this 
quote is talking about specifically is to make sure that they're calculated risks, they're thoughtful changes, acting boldly. You have to act boldly, but you need to maybe take a little bit of time and not move so fast and see, you know, what all your options are, make sure it's calculated and then make the change or take the risk. Don't just, you know, go off on a whim and do something crazy. You have to kind of know what your results are going to be a little bit. A hundred percent, right? Interpret the data. Be thoughtful about it. Look at what's trending. There's so much data available now to do this stuff that if you're a company not doing that, you're, you're doing yourself a disservice because the data always shows you where the answers are and you can't, you can't manipulate it. I mean, you can, but then if you're doing that, what the hell is the point, right? Be an agile company. What did we just talk about? Talk about Zillow letting people go through homes on their own, right? I mean, that is being agile. Look at how we operate it. Not that we're this great company, but look how we operate it. I think we are, but look at how we operate it during the pandemic, we had long form video tours done. We had a business plan to keep our business going when we were able to get out of the shutdown. Was it easy? No. Was it popular? No. What we did is we had to act boldly there and we were very thoughtful about what to do. And that is what great companies do. Like great companies, like you're gonna have to break stuff sometimes. Like there's gonna be things that are working and then all of a sudden you realize there's a major flaw that you can't overcome. You gotta break it and start over. But it's gotta be done with thought with the proper research and it's gotta be calculated. So, I mean, this is so accurate and look what he did. He took a six franchise burger company in San Bernardino, California and made them a worldwide empire. When everyone sees the golden arches, you know exactly what they're talking about. So, I mean, this comes from someone who knows how to do it. I love it. Good stuff. Awesome show, Jess. Good seeing you, even though I can see in person almost. We're back next week. Thanks for watching everybody.